0: back everybody to the Rediscover the 80s podcast. This is your host Jason and with me on the line tonight is my longtime friend and sometimes Rediscover the 80s contributor Wyatt. How are you tonight sir?
1: I'm doing pretty good and I'm excited to see uh, if Marty shows up here in just a little bit <laughs> except that we're not in California so I think we'll miss that, that mark there.
0: Yeah we're not at that JCPenney's parking lot there out in the Twin Pines Mall. We're on the East Coast, so <laughs> ah, who knows? Maybe he'll hover overhead and, uh, and peek know. in on us.
1: You know, it could be that repath that he does with the actual modified <laughs> flying DeLorean.
0: Right, right. But anyway, so obviously, you know, we are here to talk about Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, uh, probably when you listen to this, could be today, is October 21st, 2015, which is the date that Marty and Doc go to in Back to the Future Part 2, and we are just basically uh, celebrating that by going back and telling you a little bit about what we remember about the original trilogy and we are going to go through a little bit of the history of the franchise, the movies, the, the cartoon series, maybe some of the video games. We'll just kind of keep moving through that. And then finally, we're going to touch on some of the 30th anniversary goodies, is what I'll call it, that we've spotted, um, including you know some of the memorabilia and merchandise and some of the other links to other sites and, and special videos and stuff that uh, other websites have posted so far. Uh, we're probably going to get bombarded tomorrow right. with a lot of stuff that we will be sharing tonight. But obviously, you can always go over to the uh, Rediscover the 80s Facebook page, which has newly crossed the 20,000 barrier. Thank you, everybody. Yes, um, that's great. So I'm going to be trying to post as many links as I can tomorrow about Back to the Future. If people aren't already sick of the ones that I've posted <laughs> in the past <laughs> week or so, but that's just been the, of course, the hot topic across the webs. So, but anyway, um, I, let me just throw it over to you, like we did with the Night Rider podcast. What's the first thing that comes to mind when somebody says to you, uh, "Back to the Future"?
1: Well, to be honest, I think of the car, me and my cars. That seems to be my my thing. I
0: stick with. (laughs) I
1: think of the Delorean. I can't remember the specific year. I think it's an '81 or '82 Delorean, but I just think of that gall-winged, stainless steel car. And uh, man, this is one of my favorite movies, uh, and I'm not exaggerating by any means. I don't I don't rewatch it enough like I do with some other TV shows, but it's obviously if you can see it. I'm holding up the trilogy that I bought some time ago. Mm-hmm. I think this was copyrighted in 2003, so that gives you an idea when I, roughly when I bought it. The DVD set. Uh, I watch it from time to time. I would say often.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I won't say how many because <laughs> <laughs> watching TV is actually few and far between right now. But uh, but yeah, it's one of my favorites. What about you? What do you think of when you see Back to the Future? Do you think of the flux capacitor, or do you think of the clock tower, or the hoverboard? <laughs> what do you think of?
0: Uh, there's so many things. Um, obviously, the car is a big icon of the 80s.
1: Marty, you made it! Yeah! Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean.
0: Just the car in general, without all the time machine stuff that's you know plastered all over it is just one of those iconic cars of the 80s which you've been going through uh on the website but yeah i'm i'm a little bit enamored with uh back to the future (laughs) i found some blue paper at my office and i found a uh pdf of the save the clock tower flyer so i had to print a few of those off just for giggles save the clock tower save the clock tower I do, yeah. The car, I mean, we got the chance to go to RetroCon 2015 earlier this year, and that was probably the highlight for me. The uh, I got to sit in the DeLorean time machine. Uh, I was worried that I might have to be physically removed from it once I got in there.
1: <laughs> it's pretty challenging for you because we were there for one other thing, to go visit uh, Doug Stone,
2: uh, Voice
1: I uh, haven't yeah. heard already by uh, through us by now who voiced Matt tracker and a few others on mask. And here we are uh, more Jason. Uh, just we couldn't we had to get a crowbar to get him out of there or, <laughs> you know, spin the dial on the on clock a little bit just to speed him up. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was really worth, it was worth the trip mask aside. It was worth the trip just to even see that car. Cause I had never seen one. I know you said you've seen one from a distance. At uh, Universal Studios, I think is what you said.
0: Yeah, it was on our honeymoon, which was 15 years ago. Now, when the Back to the Future, the ride still existed at Universal Studios, and they had a DeLorean parked out front, but it was roped off. So I got a picture, but I never got to get real up close and personal, take pictures, sit in it and see all the gadgets, see the flux capacitor fluxing, and the time circuits, you know, and everything. Uh, it was really cool experience, and I envy the crap out of that owner of that car, which <laughs> I think might actually be Tony, who runs RetroCon, because I've seen one parked at his house.
1: Well, <laughs> if it is, he strips it. it, because, you know, right. one on his pictures uh, is actually stripped, so I don't know if that's, like, pre- Modified, or if that's if he has yeah. stuff, you can just disassemble off of it fairly quickly. Who knows?
0: Right, but yeah, I generally think of the car. I don't exactly remember seeing the first one in the theater. I do remember seeing the second one, and I'll tell you a little story about that a little bit later. I remember the music. Love Huey Lewis and the News. One of my favorite songs of the '80s, right there, "Power of Love," and. Back in time, yeah, yeah, I'm still in love with pretty much the entire trilogy. Yeah. And uh, I have a Hot Wheels collection, and I do have the time machine. I'm, I'm looking out for the new one that just was just released this year with the flying wheels. Mm. And, uh, I had the good fortune to get my hands on a Lego set. And this was last year when...
1: Yeah, I said uh, I told you about it and you got the stinking legos.
0: <laughs> well, there's the little uh the minifigures. There uh, they are. I would show you the DeLorean, but it's uh, it looks like it's been hit by a train, you know. Remember in the third one when it gets <laughs> destroyed. It's been in the box and it's half way put together. But um yeah, you pointed me out to the commercial from G E. Then mm-hmm. uh, it featured Michael J. Fox's voice.
1: 1.21 gigawatts? Today?
2: That's easy. GE is revolutionizing power, supercharging turbines with advanced hardware and innovative software, using data predictively to help power entire cities. So the turbines of today will power us
0: all into the future. I really liked the commercial. And I went over to Twitter and posted a link. And I tagged uh, the GE account saying, you know, thank you, GE, for bringing the DeLorean back or something to that effect. Right. And they tweeted me back and said, uh, we want to send you a little gift since you enjoyed the commercial or something. And direct message me and I gave him my address and I was thinking, you know, maybe it's a, a poster. Or I, I don't know what they were. I had no idea what they were going to send me. And sure enough, I got the Lego set that was funded through the Lego ideas website, which is not cheap. It was, I think, 50 bucks, 40 yeah, or 50 bucks so. when it came out. There's a lot more than that now if you want to get one, but I was very very grateful, and it's probably one of the uh the coolest things in my collection and I bring it out once in a while and you can change it into the original Delorean you can change it into the uh the part two and give it the Mr Fusion and the orange license plate you know, and you can then change it to number three and give it the like rail wheels you know like the uh, the train. And put all that other junk that's on the hood right. it's 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 a really cool set, and was very grateful to get that so well moving past our initial thoughts, I guess let's go into the history of the franchise a little bit. Of course, the movie was released back in nineteen eighty five was actually July third. it made three hundred and eighty nine million dollars at the box office on a budget of nineteen million. And of course, you know, starred Michael J. Fox. It's well known that he was working on both Back to the Future and Family Ties. basically recording Family Ties during the day and then going right over to the Back to Future set at uh, nighttime and then working the weekends to film the uh, day shots for Back to the Future. Right. So he was essentially working two full-time jobs uh, <laughs> when they Crazy. essentially hired him, which, you know, he wasn't the first actor. And, and most fans will know that uh, Eric Stoltz was initially picked and then they, after – I think several weeks of shooting, uh, decided to go in another direction and pull in Michael J. Fox. Just today, on, uh, I believe it was on the UpRocks website, they posted a picture from the Ultimate Visual History book that's coming out. It should be uh, released tomorrow, of the original actors that they were wanting for Doc Brown. And it's a laundry list of actors Mm. and it. They they narrowed it down to a few like uh, Jeff Goldblum and uh, trying to think of some of the other ones that they they had on there. You'll have to go check that out. But that was cool to see that and uh, how, you know, eventually Christopher Lloyd got that part. Leah Thompson, you know, was in the movie. She was in uh, the one that comes to mind is Howard the Duck. <laughs> uh, and she was in several other kind of teen movies of the time, and then, uh, of course, Tom Wilson, who played Biff. I don't remember him doing much other acting, but I have uh, seen his stand-up act. It was on Netflix for a while. I'm not sure if it's still over there or not, but he was hilarious.
1: Yes, I've heard that he's very, very, very uh, comical. He has shown up in a few movies and TV shows. You have to look at his IMDb, but the most recent ones that I remember seeing him in is he played in Larry the Cable Guy's uh, Health Inspector. Okay. He kinda, kind of, well, he played the boss of Larry, and he t- kind of redid his role, so to speak. Uh, he did his yell, you know, <laughs> like, a, like a Biff type, get, get uh-huh. mad and, uh, he played on and the only reason I know this is because Julie, my wife, watched it like constantly is uh, Ghost Whisperer. He okay. he came on set like halfway through. What's comical about that show, that show was filmed on the same exact town lot as Back to the Future. So it's like hey, Interesting. Hey, I'm back Am <laughs> I back to the Future, or back to the Past? What am I at now? So I mean, I don't know if that's what the guy I mean, it's just like any other show that's reuses i mean that same town was used for night rider and basically anything nbc made that set probably was used in some form or another i mean yeah. that's often a small bunny trail but that's fyi that's where i've seen him at uh at least somewhat recently but you were saying about guests i'm reading the little insert that came with the trilogy uh-huh. one of the comments it says here that zemeckis and gale mm-hmm. really wanted unknowns in this film. They wanted as many unknowns in the film as possible. It doesn't say if they wanted like um to give them a, a foothold or anything, it just says that they want unknowns
2: mm-hmm.
1: in that. And at the time really, except for Family Ties, no one knew Michael J. Fox. And I'll be uh, honest, I don't think I would have known Christopher Lloyd during that time.
0: Yeah, I I'm trying to think what else Michael J. Fox had been in, but Obviously, Fanny Ties was his kind of big break. Right. I think. He had been in some movies before that. They were, you know, small time, I would say, but that was his big break. And then, yeah, Back to the Future being the number one movie of 1985 <laughs> obviously helped him, you know, onto several other movies as well. Secret of My Success, Teen Wolf, uh, you know, there's there was a ton that he did in kind of the mid to late 80s.
1: Right, and even um, early, I'm I'm looking past a little bit on his IMDb, and it shows him on uh, uh, starting as early as '73, uh, believe it or not. Oh, wow! Yeah, start on uh, his his role was truck logger <laughs> for the Beachcombers, a TV series. And yeah. it kind of, you know, just like anybody else that typically starts in in uh, film or TV or whatever, they you know you have to do the bit rolls before you land that. Right. That big one, and it seems to be his big role was, well, people know Teen Wolf, at least if you're '80s fans. But Family Ties seemed to be really, yeah, Family Ties, and tied in with Back to the Future seemed to be his all. That was his major yeah. move.
0: Well, and you know, yeah, I think by '85, probably Family Ties was one of the top shows yeah. on TV, and then to have the number one movie, you know, his stardom just skyrocketed in in that year. And Back to the Future, actually, I don't know what the equivalent would be to today's money. Budget was $19 So it had to have been, you know, smaller time actors. There wasn't any, you know, really big name stars. Like you said, Leah Thompson, yeah. Crispin Glover, I don't think he had been in much up to that point. And you'll have to forgive me. I'm not the biggest <laughs> movie guru that's out there. but
1: Well, I'm going over the Christopher Lloyd's IMDb. It looks like he started at least his film career started even only in 75. So he got yeah. a like, start, really. And it looks like he kind of got something in the works working on the Barney Miller TV series. But of there, course.
0: To and be honest, on, uh,
1: I'm looking and fast-forwarding here.
0: Taxi. Taxi was another one that yeah, he was on. Taxi was a good
1: one. I'm looking, you know, Cheers he appeared a few times on. But honestly, I think really, hey, look, he was on Street Hawk.
0: Yes, he was. He was the it was he was in the uh pilot actually. Yeah. He was the main bad guy in the pilot. I have that series. I love Street Hawk. I could we need to do another podcast just on Street Hawk, but um, I going to
1: watch it. I have watched the pilot.
0: I'll send you my it. set. <laughs>
1: But uh, back to our task at hand, you know, I, I to be honest, and then this is me and you probably talking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: his real claim to fame for us probably was Back to the Future before he uh, got into all types of roles. Uh, in fact, he was also starred in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? He was the judge, which right. took me a little bit to figure out who he was right. when I watched it as a kid. But I figured out after I heard the scream, for whatever reason, the scream was what caught me. I'm like, That's Doc. Yeah. What the – And then uh, he played on uh, Adam's Family. Mm
2: -hmm. And you were the
1: one that just recently told me that because I – Yeah, I could not see him until you pointed him out here just I think a month or so ago. You were saying that, and I'm like, no kidding. That is him. He must like squish his head like this or something. (laughs) Well, I'm sure it's just all makeup. But it just looked like – I'm going – it's, that's not, but it is, but it's not.
2: Yeah. But, but,
1: uh, I mean, that, we can go on through a longer list of people. Probably, for us, that was probably the two main characters.
0: Yeah. Do you happen to remember the first time you watched Back to the Future?
1: It was not in the movies, I will tell you that. Movies in the 80s were very few and far between for me. Mainly because my dad had a problem with movies. Just a personal preference. He wasn't against them, but he wasn't for them either. I think I saw Star Wars, believe it or not, in the movie theater. I vaguely recall that, and someone else had to take me. But I don't remember the show. I mean, I would never know. Yeah. Because I was at the Ritz Theater in Clearfield when I saw it. Uh Uh-huh. But that's all I remember. Yeah. Well, they
0: they did some re-releases on that as well. I think part four was 76, and then five was eighty. And I think Return of the Jedi was 82. Mm. So I, I think my timeline's right there. But yeah, I'm in the same way. I don't remember seeing it in the theater. Um, kind of like with Ghostbusters, which was in 84. Yeah, yeah. I must have, though, because the one thing I remember very plainly about the first Back to the Future is I had the 45 record single of power of love. And that was one of the, the things when I was a kid, I was allowed to get a, a 45 record of, you know, whatever I liked every once in a while, mom would buy me one and, and I'd get to play it on our stereo. Right. And I remember just playing the crap out of that thing. And it had to have been close or near to when the movie came out. So I would assume I, I've got to see it in the theater, but I don't remember the exact moment. To be
1: honest, it was probably a rerun that they did, like on TBS or whatever. Well, it could have
0: been. I watched
1: it for the first time and then just got hooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know someone, someone had like the the recorded version, you know, VCR
2: mm-hmm. version of
1: Back to the Future. I don't think all three. And then I, when I was into my. Collecting things of DVDs. I mean, that's why I got this thing. Yeah. Uh, because I just loved it. And I like I said, I've been watching it. I'd be lying if I said more than once a year. But it's probably about once a year. I, I go through the whole thing. And, yeah. And, and I. But it's one of my favorites. I, I. I won't. You know, some of us have movies we can rewatch over and over, and we're still we still love it. Some <laughs> some can only watch a movie once, like my wife. She can't stand watching two movies, the same movie twice. <laughs>
0: Well, a lot of times too, if they are memorable, if you remember watching them a lot as a kid, yeah, you almost don't need to watch them more than maybe once a year to refresh your memory because you you know it pretty much by heart.
1: Well, oh, that's me and, with the
0: Transformers eighty movie. I mean, <laughs> up
1: there, I still remember seeing that in the movie theater and still remembering ten eleven year old boys crying because <laughs> Optimus dies.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean yeah. that that's one of those that's burned in my head here. <laughs>
2: Optimus dies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I might have watched it with you. I don't remember the exact uh, time, but I do remember watching it in the theater. It was uh, at the Du Bois. Yeah, it was at the Du Bois Theater. It. Yep.
1: So it might have been with you. <laughs> you <laughs> were our mutual friend. I, re- I don't know who I went with, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah, it just, I guess I'm segueing a little bit, but what I still find remarkable, and I realized it was just a fictional movie. We all knew it was fictional, just like Knight Rider, as much as I don't want to believe that, is fictional. <laughs> uh, it, how they tried as best they could to think of what would it be like 30 years from now, 85, what would 2015 look like? Yeah. And I'll be honest, I wasn't thinking back when I was a kid, what would 30 years from then look like? I don't think I, – I still couldn't see flying cars, to be honest, this <laughs> was the General Lee or Kit. But I would have thought, and I guess we are kind of getting into the bubbly looking vehicles, but I guess I would have thought there would be... Yeah, the more like, futuristic kind of stuff. Like,
2: well,
1: like round cars.
2: Right.
1: Uh, not really like a Beetle or anything, but just a round car, I guess, is the best description as I can think of. I, I thought we'd see more futuristic tractor trailers. I say that because my dad uh, was he's retired now a truck driver. And... I guess I would have thought the trucking industry would have changed from, you know, the old box and flatbed trailers, but it never did. Heck, I even thought airwolf at least might muster something (laughs) up, but it didn't. But flying cars, I just didn't think would happen, but I did foresee like the, the arcade machines almost being a thing of the past. Having that kind of extendo legs that he does when he's getting ready to beat the tar out of, uh, (laughs) Michael, um, that was my expectation. Like I said, the flying cars—I just didn't see yet. I almost thought we'd see the the whatever that rehydrator for the pizza. <laughs> I almost thought we'd see that. To be
0: yeah. Well, but I guess before I get into the second part, um, I do remember feeling like the stretch from 1985 or whenever it was that I saw the movie, up until this part two was released in '89 feeling like in an eternity because <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember watching Back to the Future several times and whether we had it on VHS or, you know, it was played on cable or something. I remember watching it so many times mm-hmm. and obviously we were absolutely in love with the thought of time travel and, and going back. And they teased us so bad at the end with the DeLorean flying and them going into the future. And I just couldn't wait to get into part two. Let's keep this series going, you know? I was like probably ready the first time I saw it to <laughs> watch the sequel. Right. And I just remember it, it feeling like forever. And I remember very vividly our movie theater in our hometown in Pennsylvania. It had uh, two theaters.
1: Two-room theater. It wasn't like we these megaplexes that we see now. Right. Rooms, that's
0: yeah. all we got. Right. It was essentially two rooms and they would always have like a seven o'clock or roundabout show Mm -hmm. and then they'd have another one at 10 and that was pretty much all we got. Just like two shows throughout the week, seven and a 10 o'clock and me and our mutual friend, we got in line and it was stretched down the block and back the alley. I mean, it was the longest line I remember ever being and waiting in at the Ritz. And we got up to – there was a set of doors, and then there was another set of doors in the, the lobby area. And we got to that second set of doors, and they yelled out, sorry, we're sold out for the 7 o'clock show. And we were like, oh, no. <laughs> so I can't remember if we uh, – well, because his – I think it was his granddad that lived down the street. Yep. I I, I we probably went down there, and I probably made a phone call to my parents and telling them that, and probably begging them to let us go to the ten o'clock show. Mm-hmm. And we actually did. So that was very vividly because that was the only time that I remember that happening at that theater where it was sold out, and we had to go to the later show. And you know, eighty nine, so I was thirteen at the time, actually twelve, yeah, uh, when this came out.
1: Um, so, our listeners or even watchers kind of figure out where we're from. We're from a rural town. So, if you even Google the movie theater in Clearfield, PA, that's exact. what it hasn't changed. Right. They finally digitized it here a year ago or so.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that was a big deal, too, to get that funded. But yeah, it's still that yeah. same.
1: But when we're talking about around the street, it's, it's a Podunk, it's not New York City block. It's, <laughs> uh, for us, that was a huge line for us. But yeah. going down around the block or around the, the alley, so to speak, is probably. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's like a few hundred yards. It's nothing crazy. No, but like, I mean, mean, but that's crazy for our hometown to see yeah, that.
0: Yeah. Block. So part two came out uh, on November 22nd, 89. So that would have been right after my birthday. So uh, I would have been 13 and Yeah, to stay up to ten o'clock and actually watch the movie, then you know have our parents pick us up or whatever afterwards. That was a big deal. Oh yeah. So, and I remember even then at thirteen, being totally confused coming (laughs) coming out of part two. Uh, The you know the alternate and the back and forth and there was the cool parts the. The future, you know, going into the future, and you the, right. the flying DeLorean, and I, I remember, you know, because they switched Jennifer's, they switched the yeah. girlfriend yes. to. Uh,
1: I'm looking uh, it up <laughs>
0: What's her? I can't remember the the uh, other girl's name from the first one, and they switched it to Elizabeth Shue in part two. That's going to bug me now. I got to go back and get her name. Claudia Wells. Claudia Wells, yes. So Claudia Wells was in part one and they used Elizabeth Shue in part two and part three.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I remember totally not even noticing that because <laughs> I was so fixated on the actual story and everything. But yeah, I was totally, totally confused coming out of of part two. But yeah, I mean, it was the elements. And if, you know, if you've gone kind of behind the scenes and, and saw some of the bonus materials and, and read about the movie, you know, they, they actually wanted to go back to 1960s uh, originally, but then they decided to go forward to the future.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, some of those things I mean, they did get right. And some of them, they didn't, I mean, you know, like you were saying about the arcade games, you know, that whole clip of the kids, which one of them is uh, the first movie that Elijah Wood was in. Right played in all the Lord of the Rings and everything. Uh, he says, uh, you know, after he shoots the, at the game, he's like, Oh, you got to use your hands. Oh, you know? <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> I don't know that kind of virtual reality type uh, mind thinking, you know, uh, with video games and such um, the cars. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't ever remember thinking that we would ever get flying cars. So I think that one kind of, you know, flew past me like you literally. Um,
1: what I thought was funny though, watching the movie, uh, as I was a teenager, I started picking out cars. Uh-huh. So I'd see like the one car that uh, you'd have to watch the movie to really see it. But there's a car that pulls up right close. I think it actually tries to hit someone. I don't know if it's, if it's, Marty's kid or whoever it almost comes, you know, hitting with. Uh, but if you look closely, it's a Ford Probe underneath. <laughs> they just put this big piece of
0: plexiglass no, in there yeah.
1: to make it look futuristic.
0: <laughs> it's uh, fun to go behind the scenes and see some of that. Uh,
1: well, I just I picked it up without even you know going behind the scenes. It's just hilarious to see. That's a Ford. What? Are you kidding me? That's a Ford Probe. <laughs> you know, they just put a piece of plastic over and called it good.
0: There's a lot of those subtle like um, advertisements in the movie too. Oh Obviously, yeah, Pepsi
1: like, and Jaws and
0: the Toyota, Toyota. dealership and uh, that stupid guy that in the first movie. I don't I don't know why it sticks out of my mind, but you know when he's he's on the skateboard in the normal 85 and he's going through town, hanging onto cars and stuff. And there's he hangs onto that Jeep and the guy turns around in the Mountain Dew hat. Yep, I'm like, do. Okay. <laughs> so you know, yeah. Pepsi was, well, a, you know, uh, the Pepsi, uh, the uh, Pepsi oh, Pe- Pepsi Perfect. Stuff. You know, oh, they made yeah. the Pepsi Perfect bottle that they, you know, j- just limit, uh, just released in a limited uh, want to be right. <laughs> quantity, right? Uh, quantity. So yeah, Pepsi was a big one.
1: Mattel, uh, the hoverboard was Mattel, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it did probably say Mattel uh, they, when, they, when they pulled it out you know and looked at it and such. Right. Uh, that
1: we had the, the Nike uh, self-laced shoes.
0: Yes, the Nike shoes. we never got those. Um Black and Decker was,
1: Black Inductor was that hot rehydrator for Pizza Hut uh, and there was Pizza uh,
0: Hut. Um,
1: so yeah. Uh, Weather channel. The Weather Channel got the name because remember when when the kids were like I He's want the up the the walls, and you know. all numbers, then he says, "And the Weather Channel."
0: <laughs> well, I think the Weather Channel had been up by then.
1: Well, yeah, um, probably, that's the only one.
0: You know, right, but, right. Well,
1: to me, that was a subtle hint. We never got the double
0: tie. Never no. got the double tie, uh, and and of course the fax machine that has gone the way of the dodo. He's fired. <laughs> uh. Yeah, the 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 self fitting jacket. Yeah. Remember the you know, it malfunctions so he's got one long sleeve that he's
1: I think that's always hilarious. Uh, uh, right. and, the,
0: and the inside out pockets. Yeah. On the pants. You know, yeah. They were totally off with the fashion. Uh although I do want one of those hats that are like that multicolored that he wore.
2: Yeah. I'll have I to give you one of those someday.
0: It. But yeah, Back to the Future. I mean, it. The second one uh, did it j- probably just as well. I mean, let me check the numbers. Yeah, it j- did just as well as the first. It had three hundred thirty-two million uh, at the box office. The budget was forty, but that was shared because they filmed part two and part three uh, at the same time. So.
1: And that's the genius that they did. And that's uh, mm-hmm. again, uh, slightly off of on our, on our, rabbit trail. That's that was my idea with our movie script for mask was we write at least two scripts. They could just film it all. And that'd be one complete package. Right. Uh, so
0: yeah. Part two was the number six film of 1989. And, uh, it, was behind Batman Indian Jones lead the weapon two look who's tong- look who's talking, and honey, I shrunk the kids, so it did excellent at the uh at the box office uh even though it was <laughs> for me somewhat uh confusing uh and I guess let's just go ahead and transition into part three uh which came out. I believe it was, 1990. Two, was it the next year or was it two years later?
1: Uh, I'm reading it here, nineteen ninety. Yeah, okay.
0: 1990. So it came out the following year. They didn't waste any time uh, getting that one out. It was released in May of nineteen ninety and grossed two hundred and forty four uh million at the box office, so it was the uh the least uh results producing, I guess you would say. Right. Uh of the three. It's probably for me the my least favorite of the three. I would probably go in order as as my favorites. Um it was the eleventh ranked film of nineteen ninety. Uh and that one was that year was won by Home Alone, which is coming back to theaters actually this year. For its 25th. <laughs> um, it's just hard to believe. But anyway, uh, so what did what was your thoughts on Back to the Future 3? Cause I don't remember. I, I know I did not see this in the theater. And it was probably, I would think it's probably a while before. I probably waited till it came out on video or whatever to see it. And it, I don't know. The Old West, I've never been a Western kind of a person. My dad was big into Westerns, and um, I never was, so they always kind of turned me off. But right. what was your thoughts on Part 3 and how they ended the story?
1: I actually liked it. Um, there was that Western look, and I'm I'm not that much into Westerns, but I did grow up uh, fond of uh, older TV shows like uh, Little House on the Prairie, even the Waltons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it didn't – I mean I wasn't disappointed by any means. I actually thought it was actually funny. Uh, you see you see the DeLorean kind of appear in the middle of a, uh, the Indian <laughs> right. across the bedroom.
2: <laughs> Indians!
1: Um,
0: it just reminded me – I'll interrupt you just for a second. Okay. Go over to YouTube and there's a supercut of Marty screaming. And it's it's – It must be at least two or three minutes long, but it's him like screaming and cursing from back all the all the trilogy, and it's hilarious because
2: ah ah, Indians oh it's you know
0: and (laughs) go uh, go Google that. But uh, anyway, on with your part three.
1: But um, I know I didn't watch it in the theater. I do know that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't watch any of it in the theater, to be honest. But um. What I thought was comical uh, is that you know you now have this jacked up, essentially off-roading DeLorean uh, <laughs> from the second one that, that the 1950s Doc Brown kind of rigs up those
0: big ugly white wall tires <laughs> on that DeLorean.
1: Were, it was actually kind of funny. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't go sporting that on my DeLorean, but at the same time, it's kinda like that it is kind of unique. Yeah, yeah, that, that's about all. Uh, I I think they did it right all the way through it. I mean, I'm I'm watching it from the entertainment side and critiquing it. I guess I, I like how they popped a hole in the gas tank, so it really added to that suspense of okay, now the how the heck am I going to get to 88 mile an hour? <laughs> right. Um, I liked that they had Doc inventing stuff back then, like that the Huge refrigerator that gives him a dirty ice cube. One little ice cube.
0: <laughs> when you got time on your hands, I guess that's what you do. But yeah, and
1: I, I loved his. I loved Marty's <laughs> expression too. He's like, "It's a
0: refrigerator."
1: It's real subtle. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's right. Uh, I like his freaking huge, like I don't know, ten mile long rifle that he uses for, uh, yes. for Biff. Um, I like. For me, I like the beginning story. So to me, that was the beginning because you saw the town. I realized it was just a set, but you saw the town being built. So <laughs> right. you saw that, that original clock being ready to be lifted up to the clock tower. And as an adult and looking at the trilogy, it's funny because you see, it's like, okay, Marty has been in 1855, 1955, Eighty-five, in twenty fifteen, you know he spanned, right, give or take, almost 100 hundred, hundred years, oh, less than that, really. Um, That's 100, over hundred like. years. It's over 100, 130, yeah. 160 years. Yeah, and they did it right because you see the, uh, you see the comedy that Biff basically doesn't win. He always gets stuck in manure at some point, uh, whether it's, whether it's fresh green like you see back in the eighteen hundreds, or you see the, the nice brown, chemically altered in his Ford. Um, <laughs> right. But, um, it was just, I guess, I it, it, it entranced me because you got the best mix of everything. Because you know, as kids, we liked seeing trains as well, so we got to see. This train as well, um, yeah. Really, and you got to see how it tied in to get that shoves it into its eighty-eight mile an hour, and you got to see Doc Brown's you know invention of the um, what do you call them, um, Presto logs.
0: Oh yeah, the, that, the throws well, in the fire. That's right. Yeah.
1: Um, and in fact, even Doc, Doc's um I think it was Doc. Doc's odd look when you hear uh, uh, what's her name the 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 lady running along you hear hear her screaming Emmett
2: yeah Mary didn't. am I really hearing things
1: no it's just a whistle Mm -hmm. you know he's back on the focus of getting that car out of there but uh, it it, and it concluded I guess I wouldn't have wanted in my estimation I would not have Wanted to see the DeLorean smashed. (laughs) Um, But they still made the connection that kind of, you know, Doc makes his own time machine out of a locomotive and still is able to time travel. And he ends it with, you know, that you make your own destiny, you make your own future. And no matter what you do with, with whatever you're at, whatever time zone you're at or era, uh, you know it didn't it honestly didn 't change anything I mean realize it 's a film, but you yeah, know, that, that bridge is still there it just didn 't get named yeah what, whatever her name was so'm uh, i so yeah fascinated.
0: i i I like the logic of part three um a lot it was a lot easier to follow, I guess than because even at the end of part two when you know they're in that scene where it 's raining, and that guy pulls up. Are you Marty Mcfly, and you know hands them the western Union letter right uh you know seconds after doc disappears uh that still was kind of mind blowing uh for the thirteen year old brain <laughs> that I had at the time uh it just it just warped me, but then once you know you get into there there's they're in the old west for You know, practically the whole movie. It's just trying to get out of there. There's no jumping, um, really until he, you know, gets back to that first jump back to 1885 with the with the DeLorean. Um, that that scene was crazy too. Doc, you got to get me back. You know, when he he gets the letter and then he encounters Doc. That just sent Marty back to the future, and you, know, you gotta send him back again, you know. And then you're just, he faints, and I, I yeah. felt like fainting at that moment as well. But, uh, yeah, part three, you know, like I said, for a, a person that doesn't like westerns, it was fun. Uh, they made it fun, you know, dragging Marty around on the horses there, you know, through town and, uh, <laughs> meeting Seamus McFly, you know, on the farm and, uh, Clint Eastwood, you know Clint. E- what kind of stupid name is that? <laughs> uh, and that you know the what he wears is like totally wrong. Yeah, it's like yeah. the frilly pink. I I think they call him a rodeo clown or something. I, I can't remember what it was. Um, but it was it was fun, and uh, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I would have. Obviously, don't like wouldn't like to see the DeLorean destroyed at the end, but he had been saying, you know, for two movies pretty much that they need to destroy the thing before anything else goes wrong. So it it pretty much had to be done. Um,
1: what I I really like that still sticks in my head. I mean, the whole thing, but what I uh, I guess maybe I'm segueing too early, but into like, out of all the three trilogy movies. The ones that really stuck out that I, you know I can't get rid of, aside from the car, we got the intro when Marty walks in and sees that big pile of dog food <laughs> and
2: you know, goes, oh man or
1: whatever he says at the beginning. But it, what? But fast forward just a little bit when he plugs in that that quarter that quarter
0: yeah. uh, uh, amplifier
1: yeah he puts in the amplifier and he turns up everything, and then there's like a little little it's not a voice recording doc calls him and tells him that there might be a slight yeah. problem of course it's after the fact, but what I loved the, the most normal was when he cranks it up and you know just strums, and the whole thing just
2: explodes right
1: The other one that I like, I think that really and maybe it's the teacher in me or or whatever but um but he's. I think it's the second movie because they're trying to figure out where where Biff is mm-hmm. and how they got a hold of the time machine and how things are happening and whatever and and you got Doc pulling out the old chalkboard oh you know, we know that this is 1985 somehow we are in a skewed yeah <laughs> and somewhere the old Biff from 1955, the old time machine, went, back. I mean, it was hilarious how he explains it all, but it's yeah. one not stuck in my head, because I'm like, that makes perfect sense. I know it's just a script, but that makes perfect sense. It, it really does. It,
0: it didn't to me at the time, you know, when I'm first, now that I've watched it, you know, 50 yeah. times, you you get your mind around it a little bit better, but yeah, uh, it, he. It's hard to imagine anybody else but Christopher Lloyd as Doc. Oh, um, yeah. Just the way he, he was- expresses everything and great Scott and everything is so kind of dramatic to him. Uh, the 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 line that sticks out to me from uh, the first one, you know, who is who is the president in 1985? Ronald Reagan. The actor, you know, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We can keep going. Let's let's come up with some of our other well, favorite parts from the, the, the other
1: part, that, I mean, there's a lot of favorite parts, but one, the, other, the third one, uh, it it kind of got reminded when you were saying about that uh, is when he's in that bar uh, in the western, still holding that whiskey shot, <laughs> he still hasn't drank in it yet. And of course, we need we don't know that, especially if it's the first time, we don't know. And he's sitting there, he's regaling of all the stuff that's in the future, like. What do you do for fun? We run. <laughs> you run for fun? <laughs> uh, and you got that one guy that's, I can't remember his name. I've seen him in a lot of bit parts. And he, the, the voice is just hilarious by himself because it's that high pitch, you run for fun. <laughs> and, uh, but he's sitting there just recanting. Uh-huh. And then Marty runs in and says, how many drinks has he had? None. He hasn't even drinking that one yet. <laughs> like he dunks it and he passes out, he's done, and they have to uh, uh, give him that drunk that drink concoction that they come up with in like to, half of its Tabasco and he wakes yeah. up and oh that's just a reaction. He's hasn't <laughs> <woken> up yet. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts. But probably that's probably my top three if I could if I had favorite parts was those ones. Uh, but uh, the
0: getting, supporting it, cast, though, it was great, and yeah. I think in all three, just like that, uh, uh, Mr. Strickland, the principal. Oh yeah, uh, loved him. He's he always reminds me too. He was in the uh, the Masters of the Universe movie. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, kicking butt in that one. Um, I love Mr. Strickland, and I, I, there was just. So many great uh, supporting roles that Biff's crew, uh, you know, in the movie uh, in the future and, you know, even in the, the past too, it's the same, I I believe it's the same guys. Uh, One of them is Billy Zane. That's his, you know, his kind of crew uh, there. Yeah. I mean, it was just great. Uh, Everybody did a great job uh, uh, on the film.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I was trying to find them on IMDB. Um, uh, what I find you were saying about the supporting roles and all that
2: mm-hmm. there's,
1: uh, and forgive me. I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Um, you had the parents that were there as well that did excellent jobs and they still had to, to get makeup yeah, to reflect the ages.
0: Yeah, that that uh, was really.
1: They were fascinating how they were able to fill that role and and sounded, you know, spot on. I mean, even now, they did a fairly good. Uh, when the guys hanging from the freaking whatever it is, the, when they're in, in when they're in supposedly 2015, oh, he threw out his back again.
0: I threw it Out on the golf course again. <laughs> Well, yeah, and that was a way, I mean, because you know, that was another thing, too. You never noticed was that Crispin Glover, it was his dad in the first one, that was a totally different actor. He didn't, you know, go through the second and, and third movies. Well, I don't think he was in the third, but the second one, you know, where he's like upside down, uh, <laughs> wasn't the same guy. So that was a kind of a way that they hid that. And, yeah, I mean, it was all the prosthetic makeup they went through, especially in the first one. Uh, I guess they did some in the second, you know, with the future stuff, but uh, mainly the first one is when they really uh, did a great job, and the actors too, of course. Um, I'm trying to think of some other scenes that that kind of stick out, uh, because there's just so many that uh, it's just. You still there? Did I lose you? I think I lost Wyatt. So we'll hang out for a second. Oh, uh, we lost power. So I will hang out and we'll talk about more of Back to the Future in just a few minutes. When he gets back... Let me see, there was a scene in an actor I had in my head that just totally left me. John Lithgow, he was another one for Doc Brown. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Wait for you to come back.
2: You're back.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> no storms that I'm.
2: Power surge.
0: We
1: have no storms or anything. I'm sorry. I'm reporting it. Uh, it actually. Dropped twice. Oh wow! So I I, I reported it just because uh, I'm paying for it. <laughs> better be fixed. But um, I think we were on uh, talking about supportive roles, and we were in the middle of yeah. talking about um,
0: favorite scenes. Cool, and-
1: yeah, different scenes, and and. Uh, how people were uh, like the parent, the people that played the parents, how they were able to ch- change their, uh, from being older, the uh, yeah. elderly people to their, even their youth side. Cause you had them back in the fifties when they met. Uh, and then what's, what's funny is you have Leah Thompson basically kissing her son. Um, it was kind of <laughs> hilarious cause he's like, I'm kissing my mom. <laughs> And I still remember to this day being a t- even at this age. I'm like, well, I realize you're playing a role, but dude, she's hot. Dude, come on.
0: <laughs> well, and that's why Disney they actually pitched Disney the movie, and they passed on it because of all that weird stuff like that that yeah. was in the movie. Right, uh, and I
1: understand why it was there. I mean, it was it was just for comical and into to whatever. Just to the point but it's it's just funny um how that all played out and even yeah. when in the 80s when they're when leah you know slaps the cake on the, well another year he's in the pen
0: <laughs> uncle joey
1: yeah uncle Joey.
0: that's another one of my favorite lines is when they're when he's in the 50s and he's having dinner with them and better get
1: used uh, to those bars
0: kid or
1: how about when he's uh uh, what is it? He, he's he's rewatching. Um, I see. Uh, I saw this. The honeymooners. It's on a rerun. Yeah. It's a rerun. <laughs> it's the first time. Oh, we have two TVs. <laughs> <laughs> two TVs.
0: <laughs> that was that was just a, a great scene, great writing, and oh yeah, yeah. That that was great. Um, another one of my favorite parts is is the Huey Lewis cameo when he's, uh, you know, the pinheads are trying out for the uh, the high school dance. Uh, I'm sorry, you're just too darn loud. I'm sorry, next place. You know, <laughs> you know they stuck Huey in there.
1: Which and, I didn't know who that was until recently, to be honest. I, I, <laughs> I never knew, well, I listened. I just never looked at who sang.
0: Who the actor, yeah, who the person was. He had a, Huey had a short Acting career, I remember him being a a helicopter pilot in. Oh, what movie was it? It was something where there's like it was almost semi semi horror, and they're in the water, and it might be Dustin Hoffman, the orb, up. the. Ah, I can't remember, but anyway, um, yeah, that little that fun little Huey Lewis cameo i mean that was that was great uh, <laughs> just being too darn loud, yeah, but okay well let's uh we've kind of dissected the trilogy in <laughs> our parts um did you remember watching the animated series that came out?
1: I didn't even know there was one until I'm um, watching over this <laughs> reading over the history of it. I honestly did not know whatsoever that there was an animated series.
0: Well, it's it skipped me too uh i don't remember ever watching it uh it was uh, uh, essentially excuse me it was essentially on CBS and it was only 13 episodes from uh september of 91 through december of 92 i don't know how that actually i'm sorry no it was two seasons 26 episodes uh but uh, yeah, I, that one just totally missed me. Um, it was great to see, you know, I'm reading here that uh, Chris Lloyd and Tom Wilson, Mary Steenburge and James Tolkien replies, reprised their roles from the trilogy. So uh, uh, Michael J. Fox didn't come back, but you had a lot of the same people uh, come back to to do the movie. Um, and Einstein was in it too and (laughs) their sons, Jules and Vern. So this must've be, you know, continued the story, uh, right after part three from what I can tell. But yeah, I mean, that was crazy that, and it's just up until this year that they, um, finally released it on DVD. Wow. With That, uh, that new 30th anniversary Blu-ray package, the complete, I think they call it the complete adventures. Uh, it's got its first DVD release. So yeah, I guess we don't have much to say, <laughs> not much to say about uh, the cartoon series. Right. Uh, 91 and 92. Um, uh, we did touch on the the ride, which came to Universal Studios in 93. Um, just from my memories, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It, you, it was a motion kind of sensitive ride. So you, you weren't, you know, on a track or anything, uh, like a roller coaster or or anything like that. Uh, you got in the DeLorean or this like semi DeLorean. Uh, I don't remember, I don't remember, uh, It having the going doors, I believe it was like open because you had like, I don't know, 20 or 25 people that fit in this car and you had this big, huge screen in front of you and it was motion. So the car would go left, right, up, down, you know, and kind of move as you go through time, you went all the way back to like the, you know, Jurassic period and there was dinosaurs or something chasing you, if I remember right. <laughs> and you just kind of travel through time to get back to where you were. And I, I, don't, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the premise of it. Uh, cause it did have a story. It had nothing to do with, uh, I don't think it had anything to do with the movies or anything. Um, uh, Oh, here we go. The ride story centered on a first person adventure through time in pursuit of Biff. Um, Steven Spielberg served as the creative consultant for the ride. Um, and it's, it's the only project in the back to the future franchise to star Christopher Lloyd's character, Dr. Brown as the protagonist. So you had really nothing to do with Marty. It was uh it was doc going after biff through time so yeah it was it was opened in 93 um it's first discussed in 86 and then uh, they actually <laughs> they installed one in japan in 2001 but the one in universal studios is now the simpsons ride hmm. so uh, I think that was... Uh, let me try to see here. Yeah, they, they confirmed it in 2006 that it was closing. And then... It actually wasn't until t- March of 2007 that they closed it for good and then switched it over to the Simpsons ride on in 2008 uh, in Orlando and then 2009 in Hollywood. So... It was fun, and like I said, I remember seeing the Delorean out front, which is what <laughs> got me excited. Um, do you remember anything about the the NES game that they released?
1: Sorry, wrong number <laughs> it's
0: never see I, I never did either uh, they they did I believe it was part two and part three in the uh, in the NAS game and uh like well some people know I was more of a Sega person. I had a Genesis about the time that it came out and uh I I think I ended up I finally got an NES in like the early 90s. So I did have a uh an NES uh later on but yeah, let's see. The first NES game was eighty nine, and then they released part two and three in nineteen ninety. But uh, well, just by what uh, Wikipedia says, uh, it was loosely based, but uh, it doesn't didn't get very good reception from uh, critics. So maybe that's why I never I never played it. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I I got around that one. Um it's kind of going into some of the other parts of the franchise. They released a pinball game. Um they did release a another video game. Let me see. I, I think it was on Playstation. Well, uh, It was on the era of, I think, PlayStation 2 and possibly Xbox came out in, actually, no. It came out in 2010. It was actually for PS3. And just this year, uh, they re-released it for the 30th anniversary on the PS4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. So they kind of upgraded, <laughs> so to speak. But they did have uh, some of the original voice actors, like Tom Wilson for Biff, uh, in there, and I believe um, they got somebody else from Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. But they obviously they're in the the video game itself, right? Bob Gale, who is the co creator, co writer co-producer, he was in on, uh, on writing that story. So I don't think either of us have, have gotten into any of the video games, um, in the franchise. Um, and just recently now, recently as this year, uh, IDW is going to release some comic books, I believe for the first time. I don't think it's ever been published as a comic book before, but it, they're going to go into some story about how Marty and doc met, which I thought was really cool. cool.
2: Uh,
0: and, and those I believe are going to be released on back the future day on the 21st tomorrow um, from IDW. So go check those out. Um, uh, I, I, I think that's about it as far as the legacy of the fran- the franchise, um, you know, like you said, it was released a couple times on DVD. I know I have the 25th Anniversary Trilogy set that was obviously released five years ago. And then um, I guess we can go into a little bit of what's what they're releasing this year if you don't have anything else there, Wyatt.
1: No, I really don't have anything. I know that they're, uh, like you said earlier, they're supposed to release the... Uh, back to the future Pepsi bottles There's yeah. to be, but they're supposed to be releasing those
0: yeah if you're lucky <laughs> yeah. you go on to um, I, I guess it's on Pepsi's website or uh, it was actually the Pepsi Facebook page tomorrow on the 21st and they were only making like I don't know it was like 1500 of them or something it was mm-hmm. something real small they passed some out at New York comic-con last week. Um, Cause I saw, I followed the uh, back to the future official Twitter account, which I think everybody should. Uh, they just released everything about the franchise and they right. tweeted some pictures out of people with bottles. I thought that was really cool, but uh, I would invite people to go over to rediscover the com um, Cause I've posted a ton of stuff on the the quote unquote goodies that are coming out a lot of them are going to be released tomorrow right. uh, some have been released already but of course one of those is the the like the Blu-ray and the DVD set that I was saying um, the complete adventures that's all three movies the animated series uh, they're supposed to be uh, I could be wrong but I think there's a a basically new features, uh, new material, new documentaries and stuff, uh, that have not been released before into this thing. And I, there could be a chance that they go on sale tomorrow as well, as far as they've, they've been on pre-order for a long time, but you know, tomorrow's the official release day. So they might slash the price. Uh, so, so be looking out for that, but I've released, uh, several posts on, uh, the goodies um, they're releasing a new picture disc of the soundtrack. We didn't talk too much about the music, but it, the back to the future has a great score by Alan Servestri. Um Love the score of the film and, and the theme, obviously the, the Huey Lewis songs, even uh, ZZ top did a song for, you know, part three double back uh, that I really like. Some great music. They're also, if you go to uh, com tomorrow, they're releasing uh, a six-disc vinyl soundtrack of just the score of the movie. You can get the complete box set, or you can get just one off, whichever uh, is your favorite of the movies. Um, that's starting tomorrow. Um, uh, what else are they releasing tomorrow? Well, there's the uh, the visual guide. Um, that's through Amazon. You can go and check that out. That's like a 200 and I think it's like a 224 page book, something like that. Wow. Of behind the scenes pictures, never be seen, never before seen photos. Uh, I released a few actually that I've I stole from uh I think it was io9.com um of they had some original concept drawings of the DeLorean and the hoverboard and some behind the scenes shots of Michael J Fox even uh Eric Stoltz before sure. you know Michael J Fox came on board um now another one I saw today they're releasing I knew about Back to the Future Monopoly Uh, They're doing a 30th anniversary of that. They're also doing a Yahtzee, and the box looks like the flux capacitor and lights up. That's awesome. Uh, It's very cool. I mean, if you've seen those uh, DIY videos that I've posted, the... um...
1: I haven't read them yet. I haven't had a chance to actually read that. I'd like to get a flux capacitor.
0: Yeah, the the DIY prop shop on YouTube released a video on how to make your own flux capacitor, and that Yahtzee, I would say, is a uh, <laughs> if you don't want to do the work, go buy that because it <laughs> looks pretty pretty cool and it lights up. Right. So uh, so go grab that. Um, what's some other things that are coming out tomorrow? Uh, There's supposed to be a uh, Toyota. Obviously, Toyota was in the movies. They did a short little commercial, well, not commercial, but a featurette with uh, Doc and Marty reunited. And they're in this diner and they're talking about what the second movie got right about 2015. And they're supposed to release a longer uh, kind of, I don't know if it's feature length or, you know, hopefully at least, you know, 15, 20 minutes or something like that on YouTube tomorrow. So I'll be, uh, I'll be, uh, putting that up once that's released. Cause that was real fun to see them talking and joking about the sl- self-lacing shoes and right. <laughs> the fax machine. And Michael J Fox is like, uh, who are you still faxing? There's like one guy in Ohio that has a fax machine still. And right. <laughs> uh that was that was great um there's also some kind of short film with doc Brown um, let me scroll down here there's just so much gonna be going on tomorrow um called called uh, Doc Brown Saves the World. It was uh, it was Universal Pictures that uh, teased that. I guess that that's going to be on the Blu-ray and DVD sets. I'm not sure if they're going to release that to YouTube tomorrow. Um, there's actually uh, an auction that's going to happen. Um, I think it's later in the month actually it's on the twenty fourth at this uh there's a we're going back celebration each year it's kind of a small convention i was I would say and Bob Gale's actually going to be there it's at this church in Hollywood where the the enchantment under the sea dance was filmed which is pretty cool but they're auctioning off like screen used items from the movie uh Probably at ridiculously high prices,
2: <laughs> but still, that's still cool. yeah,
0: they doing that. it, it might be really the the biggest collection of screen use stuff, uh, as far as the amount of items. Um, some of the papers, you know, the the newspapers that says "youth jailed," you know, in the USA Today in the future. Uh, an almanac, hoverboard, some of the script and uh, original scripts and notes and stuff and uh some other small props um gonna be in the auction. There's actually a a video I shared in uh in one of the goodies posts that I uh <laughs> that I put up there uh a while back. Um yeah, I mean how crazy would it be? I know you're not a big sports fan, Wyatt. Um
1: but how crazy would it be if the the, if
0: the, uh, the Cubs win? Yeah, it's been—I uh, believe it's been over a hundred years. I'm not a Cubs fan. Uh, yeah, they I'm, were having
1: a conversation on the local radio station down here. It's like 70 plus years since they really haven't won anything, and and everybody actually jokes about. Well, I guess this year we'll see if yeah uh, the sports almanac is actually tr- true. <laughs> so it's hilarious here, and everybody down here or up here rather for you
0: yeah
2: uh,
1: talk about it on the radio stations
0: yeah it's they they unfortunately beat my pirates to advance, but now they're down I think two games to the Mets, so uh, odds are against them now to to make it to the World Series and actually win the championship, which would be crazy, but I'm I gotta say I'm pulling for them just for <laughs> just for that <laughs> back to the future' sake um but I, I know I did read that in if you go to um if you're off tomorrow by chance um you might have a chance to go see it in the theater again at a m c theaters they're supposed to be uh releasing it re releasing it in select theaters tomorrow the whole right. trilogy like the whole day so th- I think they're going to do it like back to back to back so I wish I would
2: have
1: known so I would have taken it. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, if you have that ability, if you work from home and you want to call in or whatever tomorrow, uh, <coughs> i got sick. <laughs> yeah. go that check, actually
1: man. would work at my office. I have a, a germaphobe boss that if you start coughing, he's already starting to tell you to go home.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. You yeah. got an easy out.
1: I do. <laughs> so they see me tweeting from, well, I don't have a smartphone, so I guess that won't happen. Uh, <laughs> So I can't be there unless I see my car.
0: Yeah. Uh, I did want to share just a couple of other quick things that I've posted today. I put up, uh, I do those retro eighties SoundCloud samplers each month, which is mainly that kind of retro wave music, uh, new music. That sounds like old music. I think is what I call it. Uh, synthesized stuff. Well, this month I decided I went back over to SoundCloud and found as, as many remixes as I could find. Good remixes, I will say. Um, and I put them together in one sampler. I think there's 14, 13 or 14 songs. Most of them are remixes of the theme, the, the score. And there's everything from just somebody doing a piano medley of all the themes to like hip hop and uh, techno. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy if you listen to them. Some of them are, you know, you're like, oh, that's way too fast. I can't keep up, you know? Uh, but some of them are actually cool. And then I found like uh, three or four remixes of uh, Huey Lewis that I put in there. So go check that out. Uh, earlier in the week, I put up an infographic from HalloweenCostumes.com. They actually sent me an email and, uh, give me a heads up and i put that up and it's pretty cool it shows all of the costume changes for marty and doc and biff in all of the movies and you know you got the normal uh <laughs> hey kid you jump ship the uh the vest you know of marty and then his his uh suit the uh, uh radioactive suit that he's in you know and uh, his fifties clothes. And then when he goes to the dance with the guitar, it just travels through the whole movies and you get to see all the different costumes of those three characters. I thought that was really cool. Um, if you're, uh, you probably have noticed if you, uh, haven't, uh, and you're an Amazon prime member, they are streaming the movies, all three movies for free this month. Um, so you got about another <laughs> week and a half to to catch oh, up on them uh, for free on Amazon Prime.
1: I got it here, but my wife actually is an Amazon Prime person, uh-huh. so I might. I mean, granted, I have this, but maybe it's better quality on uh, Amazon because this, I think this, I think this is the standard. Yeah, it's not a Blu-ray, so. good gotcha. you know,
0: So. I I think that's about it as far as um, the, the goodies that I've posted. Uh, I did post over on Facebook on my cover photo is uh, is an old and new. It, this is a story that I, I published several months ago. I think it was around the time of the actual 30th anniversary of when it was released to theaters. Um, there was a guy that took his family on a journey through, Hollywood and Beverly Hills, I think, where all the filming locations. And this was, I think, maybe last year or two years ago. I can't remember the actual date, but he went to all the locations. And the video that he created is pretty cool because it shows the fit- the footage from the original movies, like the mall. And then he will show you they're at the mall there and where stuff was, and he'll talk to you. It, I mean it starts right up from where you know Marty kicks open the uh gate and gets on a skateboard and starts skating through town and there's like a Burger King there now or something you know right on through all three movies where they uh filmed some of the scenes and such the the dance and he he got all of that it's a really cool video Um, So check that out on the website as well that um, I think I'm about, I'm about done uh, unless uh, you've got some more to add there, Wyatt for,
1: Um, for I I honestly don't, I think we did pretty well for, for no outline, no script (laughs) like we usually have, Uh, (laughs) but still uh, my, my whole point was that, you know uh, we've done articles in the past for 30th, Anniversaries and uh, with the with the use of this podcasting uh, technology, I'll call it. I thought maybe this would be a cool thing to do to mark to mark it. Really, I mean, they're all icons to us, I suppose, but a, a truly iconic uh, film that essentially predicted the future, at least attempted to, whether fictionally or not, you know. Uh, so I just wanted to really, uh, like we do all the time, delve back into our 80s yeah. mentality and see what we were thinking, and what what did or did not surface. I think I joked um, – was it Rediscover the 80s? I think I posted on your Rediscovery the 80s. I think it was the um, – it was the Pepsi. I think it was the Pepsi bottle. Mm-hmm. But I've worded it to some effect that, you know, did, did, uh, did they predict this? Did Back to the Future predict this? Or are we finally just catching up?
2: <laughs> you know,
1: because, you know, Pepsi still has yet to change the bottle. I mean, they changed it to plastic from glass. But no one's really changed the bottle um, for years until now. It's like, oh, it's the 30th anniversary. Maybe we should make that bottle.
2: Yeah, we've well, been
1: working on the technology of the hoverboard for a few years. Uh, and there's that dude that has—I um, uh, can't remember the specific name—but like it's from the Spider-Man movie, looking Green Goblin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: They've tried. They've they've even uh, produced some fake commercials with some famous people. Even uh, Doc Brown was involved, and Tony Hawk. They fooled mm-hmm. us. Uh, I think it might've been earlier this year into thinking that the hoverboard was coming and, um, there's been some, I've seen some videos of people on that were like magnetic, but they had been on a, you know, like a special floor to, to actually go back and forth with it. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, it's more of a novelty now. I don't think they're looking at it as, uh, no, it's not going to we, be we've real. Gotta, yeah, we've got to do it now or something. <laughs> but it it was fun. Uh, it was a fun attempt to predict it, and you know they got some things wrong. I, I think they got some things right, and it, it you know it was fun. And I think I think the I'm glad that they went. They kind of scrapped that 60s idea and decided. Uh, we don 't care what people think if we get it wrong, we get it wrong we 'll just have fun with it and and here we are you know <laughs> right so it was yeah, uh i don
1: 't a- have anything out really on my end i it, it's it's always a a fun time doing these podcasts with you, whether it 's here or on agents of mask um, but even just going back through our memories you know. Yeah. Because this is all it is—is is rediscovering the '80s, but it's really rediscovering our fountain of youth, if you want to want to call it that. Uh, yeah. What made up it? I'll 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 borrow Brendan McCain's little uh, line that uh, that when he when we talked to him on MassCast here recently, that um, you know we are a community, and it's fascinating that we've turned it into—even if it isn't you and me personally—that we have turned it into a community. Because that's what we grew up with. That's what's made us who we are. Whether we're crazy about Back to the Future DeLoreans or we're just, hey, that was a cool show. I remember that. I remember those cars. And and that's all it is. It's still part of our psyche. Uh, I'll call it our makeup, not so much DNA, but our our growing up DNA, I suppose. So it's just, it's it's a a blast. I use that line a lot. But uh it's a blast to do this. Uh, and
2: yeah. And that was also, kind of the it's
1: it our radio broadcasting groove on what little Yeah, we have.
0: that's true. That's true. But yeah, I mean it it's the was the purpose of creating this blog/website slash website, uh 4 years ago now. Um just essentially remembering stuff and reminiscing, keeping it alive. You know, we didn't we didn't essentially create an '80s community. I think the there will always be that uh, nostalgia for the '80s, just because it was so vibrant. And you know, obviously, Back to the Future was a huge part of that, and remains. Uh, And it's one of those films, kind of like Ghostbusters, I think, that supersedes the decade and continues on uh despite the fact that it's in that that's it's labeled as 80s it's it's a, a lot more than just a quote unquote an 80s movie because a lot of people have have loved it and um I've actually shared them with my sons just this year um we've gone through the movies uh little language <laughs> that I forgot that was in the in the movies, I, I think they are what rated PG, but yeah, you know, '80s PG was a little over the top sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> so there was a little, there was a little parental guidance <laughs> when we when we watched those. But they were, you know, pretty well fascinated with mainly the the time travel aspect, and of course the car. They're huge car fans, you know room full of hot wheels so they were intrigued with the car so it it is a it is one of those transcending movies that will be here for another 30 years no doubt so well i appreciate you joining me tonight partner anytime and uh we thank everybody for listening to the rediscover the 80s podcast and hopefully we can keep on uh doing some more of these i know we have some uh, have some comic books we've been meaning to get to again and, and also do another kind of memory slash comic book review. So hopefully we can get to those for too long here. But in the meantime, for Wyatt, this is Jason, and thanks for rediscovering
2: the 80s.